0: Before we begin our episode, did you know that podcasting is the most accessible form of syndication? The number of multimedia-ready mobile devices has skyrocketed in the past few years, and so has your potential audience. So start a podcast. Starting at $5 a month, HipCast lets new and experienced podcasters focus on their show. Leave the boring stuff to us. Sign up at hipcast.com. We're watching
1: this thing called... uh Marie Kondo have, have you heard of her? or Marie no, Kondo? No Tidying up It's on Netflix <laughs> Okay Okay So I guess she's uh, Really famous for organizing Um help Organizing your Not life But I mean like your household Sure So if you have like A lot of clutter Or Um Like not, not Not so much hoarding I guess you could say hoarding But um And she just comes in there And she tells you like The basic rules of how to Kind of like Minimalize your life A bit Yeah and we're starting to watch it, and I know obviously Raina's going to listen to this episode, but uh, I I don't like how wow, she's basically got to be challenging my household of
2: my household <laughs> collectibles. I was just going to say this conflicts directly with your uh, lifestyle as a uh, oh. a collector.
1: Completely, this is a conflict of interest. Uh, we we're, were sitting there and watching it, and Raina's like nodding along, like going, "Yeah, we need to do this," and I'm like looking at her, like going, "Don't touch." Any of those unsealed boxes <laughs> in the back? <laughs> that is
2: art. Um, it is not clutter.
1: And, and I'm wondering if anyone else in the community, the collecting community, feels like they're being threatened now by Marie Kondo and her, uh, her total assault on, on their lives. They're possible like collections can be now minimalized to just a couple figures on the wall and you're just having to trash everything.
2: It's oh, horrible. certainly. Yeah. My, uh, as soon as I moved in with, uh, with my girl, all of my stuff went into storage. That is for sure. And now, and I'm looking around this place and I'm like, wow, we have such a nice, clean, tidy apartment. But if I were left to my own devices, it would be, they would look like a, a, a toy store or something in here. It would look like a a place that I was setting up, like one of those places where you take things to be sold on eBay, like in forty year old Virgin. That's basically what my room would look like, just well, knickknacks on display with no sort of rhyme or reason. Like well, uh, that's uh, what I was going to ask you: is that yeah. would you uh, would you
1: say your house would be like uh Uh, Steve Carell's character, like just toys (laughs) on the wall,
2: like wall to wall. Very similar. Actually, my Brian, I mean, my my Brian, my, uh, my uncle Brian, whose uh, birthday is today. Shout out to uncle Brian. Uh, that was basically what his apartment looked like in the eighties and nineties. So I used to go visit, uh, him and my aunt in San Francisco and it was like my favorite thing ever because it was just. Toys, you know, action figures, um, old tin toys from when, you know, his dad was a kid from like the 40s and 50s. And um, yeah, it was like the greatest thing ever. So I definitely took that into my life as I got older. And I'm like, I have ton, just so many little like knickknacks and like, you know, autographed baseballs and starting lineup figures and the Star Wars, you know, Black Series six inch figures and w- like, I saw posters. I saw posters of Will Clark and Barry Bonds on my wall until about a year ago. So, uh, so I would definitely not be too far away from, uh, from 40 year old virgin territory for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of, a lot of my friends, um, some that do not share the same passion as I do. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they look at, they look at my uh, back room and they just think to myself, they think to themselves and be like, what the hell but then luckily i do have some friends that embrace and also follow the same passions so it's nice to know that i have a you know a nice crutch to lean on
2: oh yeah you can insulate yourself with like hey guys you think this is cool right right you need
1: that exactly
2: I need, I need a couple of mill
1: houses in my life. You know, just to tell me like, hey, my mom thinks I'm cool.
2: Everything's coming up millhouse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Um, back to the Marie Kondo thing. She is, uh, yeah, she's, she's threatening the way of life around here in the house of M. Um, we'll probably give you more updates on that <laughs> throughout the year. Um, I don't
2: like her. I'm going to start an all out assault on her at this point.
1: Yeah. You know, the funny thing is one of her, like her main things is she, um, what do you call it? She tells people, one of the things that like, she has them do is like, does the item that they're going to, you know, evaluate, does it bring you joy? If it brings you joy, then yes, you get to keep it. So I'm looking around the room and I go, you know, everything, everything gives me joy. This gives me joy. <laughs> this gives me joy. You no, know, this, I feel like once again, Steve Carell, but from Anchorman, like I love lamp. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love lamp. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm Brick Tamlin, just basically saying, yeah. I love everything and it brings me joy. So we can't throw these things away.
2: Brick, are you just looking around the room and whatever you see, you're saying you like? Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, but you know what? You got to do what you got to do at this point, you know? Survival of the fittest.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some things that I am willing to uh, give up in which I have been doing slowly. Really? So also- what
2: What? What didn't make the cut, right? What right off the bat was uh, on the chopping block?
1: Oh, I went through some like, uh, Rudy, if you're listening, I went through some DC figures and I got, I X those out (laughs) right away.
2: (laughs) They Don't bring you the joy necessary.
1: Oh God. No, 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 no. They, those were the first on the chopping block. I got rid of like a, a doomsday collectible and have a bunch of like justice league uh, unlimited figures. Um, And I look at them, I go, well, as a collector, I I had like certain check boxes when I, when I, uh when I buy an item and I think, Oh, okay. Articulation, paint, detail, and things like that. And I, when I got these items, like, I think I just got them to get them at the time and like, obviously just like stored them away, stashed them away. And when I looked at them, I go, wow, these don't hit any of my check boxes. Like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta send these off. So I've been like, uh, going on eBay up late and just like, uh, sending them up to people all across America. You know, it doesn't give me joy, but I know someone else is getting joy out of it. I'm getting well, money, so that's
2: go. giving me joy. Yeah, There you go. There you go. So I guess it's, uh, it's even. It can be somebody else's thing that they have to uh, shed from their collection at some point in a year or two once they get around to watching this show.
1: You know what? I'm I'm coming to a revelation as I'm looking at uh, a couple of my figures. Um, Marie Kondo is basically like the Thanos of collectors in the collectors world. <laughs> she's 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 hit that snap button right now because it's like a relatively new series on Netflix. So she hit the snap. Everyone's watching it. Everyone's like significant others, and they're looking at each other and like going, "Huh? Huh? You know, you know what? Know- <laughs> she has a point here. I think you can get rid of half." Of your collectibles.
2: You know what's going to happen if you're not a little more proactive about this? You're going to fuck around and come home, and Reina's is going to snap that shit for you, and you're going to find about half of your stuff gone.
1: I know that that's when I will go ahead and do a breaking bed, and I'll have a storage unit that she doesn't know about, <laughs> and it's going to put everything in there.
2: You're going to bury all your collectibles in uh, in 55 gallon drums out in the desert.
0: Okay. 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 Let's go, yeah. Check the podcast, nerds about the broadcast About to drop some knowledge on your brain With all these hot facts. Gaming, anime and even comics got you covered I just listen to the intro from this budget Donald Glover, out' We'll take your mind up on a trip like Rick and Morty Like we jumping through these portals Trust me, none of this is boring In the cover all these topics started laying A until the letter Z Tackle tight Titan all the way to Zoro, That's more than one piece Keeping nerd or nothing Yeah, you know that is our motto And if you listen to us That's the motto that you follow Got the host with the most He got moves like he's Star-Lord All these haters taking shots They missing like a Starboard, far more content than you could even ask for. Put it on your phone and then just stick it to your dashboard. Tune in anytime and they will probably have your fandom. But now just kick back so you can listen to the anthem. Keep it nerd, keep it nerd, what's the hot facts? You don't need your eyes, just put down your contacts. Growing up cause you know we got a bombcast. Hit and then just listen to the geeky is the podcast. Keep it nerd, keep it nerd, what's the hot facts? You don't need your eyes, just put down your contacts Growing up, cause you know we got a bomb cast Hit and then just listen to the Geeky is the podcast Keeping it third, number one podcast
2: You're listening to
1: Keeping It Nerd. Welcome, everyone, to another issue of Keeping It Weekly presented by Keeping It Nerd, issue number 22. This is the first of the year. So, as always, I'm your host, Vince, and I got my co host with me on my right side. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> What's going on, guys, Jeremiah? It is so good. Do things feel different now? It is 2019.
1: Does it feel different? No, because I'm still here fucking up the intro. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were going to leave that in or not. But at this point, I say Fuck, we roll with it. Leave it in. It's good. Words and all. Yeah.
1: It's fine. Embra- embrace it, everyone. Embrace your imperfections. That's going to be 2019, the Keeping It Nerd mantra. Embrace your imperfections, everyone.
2: What about hashtag new year, new me?
1: <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> hashtag 10 <tenure> year challenge.
2: <laughs> hashtag new year, same me, obviously. I can't. Uh, get through this without tripping over my own dick. So
1: yeah, basically I can't, my word, I'm telling you, I have it written down right in front of me. And it's like, I can't read.
2: Oh my God. Today, junior. All right.
1: Oh man. Well, it's good to hear from you again, Jeremiah. Last time I heard from you, we closed out the year. And now we're going to open up the year with our first weekly. What's been new? Anything new the last couple of weeks? anything? What's your, what's been your resolution mask? Oh, shit! You know what mine was. And I dropped and I, and I fucking shit the bed already. So
2: <laughs> I've been trying to stay away from, from resolutions. Um, because I know myself and I will never, ever carry them out. I don't have the willpower. I don't have the interest in it. So I guess you would say my resolution this year was not to trick myself into thinking I have one like, Hey, no more resolutions. Cause they're dumb.
1: So your resolution is just to give up on resolutions.
2: Absolutely. And you know what? I'm doing really great at it so far. It's the only one I've ever kept up through the middle of January.
1: That's pretty good. All right. All right. Um, Well, as you said, as I said, um, you already know what my shit in the bed um, resolution. That was just a a lie to myself. I don't know who the fuck I was kidding.
2: (laughs) That's what we all do. We we lie to ourselves just to get through life. And given some of the trauma that you have exposed- on this podcast before, I mean, everybody understands.
1: I hope so. So, I mean, <laughs> I, everyone got a glimpse of, you know, my, my life. So now they should understand why it's hard for me to express myself at times. Um, wow. What's this? I have a, uh, I had an Amber alert just come across my screen here. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Well,
2: there, do no, noted. no, nobody, you know, right.
1: No, no one I know. Not even close to me.
2: Hey, hmm. so 2019, really, we're doing well. I guess I should, well, it's not going well for someone.
1: Interesting. You know, the I get this, I get this uh, alert, and all of a sudden, now I'm getting alerts from last year. Now it says here, presidential alert, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency System. No action. What is this? On October 3rd?
2: Oh, yeah, that's when uh, Trump decided he wanted to make sure he could take over the national alert system so that if... Uh, Twitter shut him down, then he could still make sure that he got his message out to every single American with a cell phone.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Good to know. So when his Twitter fingers you know, act up, he has, he has other means of trying to get it out there.
2: Yeah. When he has to make sure that everybody knows that he gave the Clemson football team hand birders. Did you see that?
1: I, you know, I didn't see his tweet. I heard about the whole, I heard about that whole thing, but I didn't know about the tweet until funny thing, Burger King basically, uh, (laughs) had tweeted out something, uh, about it. And I was just like, Oh my, it just, he just can't. I can't remember the last time I
2: had Burger King, but now I I kind of want to support him. At this point.
1: <laughs> At this point, going, this whopper's for you.
2: Yeah, exactly. You're going to troll Trump? Okay, you know what? Maybe I'll give you a shot. You guys got chicken fries?
1: <laughs> yeah, you still got some of those chicken fries back there? Yeah, throw them on there. Oh, my God. Yeah, and real quick, I know this is uh, not nerdy related, but really all that fast food, huh? For these well-oiled machines of athletes, and you're going to feed them crap.
2: It, uh, this isn't, this isn't really a political show. So I, I guess I'll save my, my true feelings about this, but yeah, God, what a shit show is it? Is it not just a total embarrassment?
1: It It is. It's, I, I mean, I, I don't even know where to, where to begin with it, but you said, like you said, this is not a political show. We're not going to go that way. We're not going to, I don't even know what's that, what's that one show with Stephen Colbert and, um, What's his name? John, Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart.
2: No, the, the running back. The running yeah. back from the The, the running back from <laughs> the perennial exactly. injured Jonathan Stewart. Running back. Um, yeah, The Daily Show.
1: Daily Show. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, yeah, we're not that show. We're another show. We're we're a nerdy show here. We're going to talk some nerdy news. Um, actually, you know what? Real quick, since we didn't get we didn't catch there was like a little bit time since our last weekly. We had a couple. Uh, couple passings sadly in the nerd world we had um mean gene he passed away the first week of uh, january
2: yeah it's too bad mean gene was the uh the voice of my childhood for sure like if i if there was one thing i could count on you know watching tv on a saturday morning watching superstars of wrestling and having a uh, mean gene interview you know hulk hogan or jake the snake or macho man um yeah, it's uh, He's definitely definitely going to be missed.
1: Did you hear anything about the funeral or anything like that?
2: Mm, I don't think so.
1: I wonder if any of the old wrestlers had went to his funeral.
2: I would have to imagine. It seems like that's a pretty tight knit community, um, and he seemed to be somebody that was sort of universally liked and respected. Yeah.
1: Do you think if uh, Hulk Hogan, you know, went up to the altar podium? And spoke one more time. Do you think he said one more one line well one more time? Let me tell you something, mean Jean. Do you think he just said it one more time?
2: <laughs> he would have had to, of course. He would have called he would have dropped a few brothers in there. And uh hopefully he could have avoided dropping an N bomb because he can't seem to talk without having those fall out of his mouth these days. But I would like to think that that he would be uh inspired to give one more one more really intense mean jean promo.
1: I hope so too. Um, But so that was the first uh, first passing, and the second passing was Super Dave. Super Dave.
2: Oh God, that was unexpected. I didn't realize that he was sick. But do you remember watching? Like, did you have access? Because I think his show was on Showtime, if I'm not mistaken. But do you remember seeing the Super Dave Osborne show? I
1: didn't watch his show because yeah, I didn't have cable, so I only knew him anytime he'd made like the like the performances on primetime so like when he's sure. like oh yeah he's gonna be jumping over 10 buses or whatever and it was like on channel two or like ktv whatever like anyway, yeah. anything that was like local access um i'd watch him there and then i remember he had a, he had that cartoon on saturday morning oh um, yeah, saturday morning cartoons yeah,
2: yeah 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 yeah
1: with the racially charged uh sidekick i forget his name but um
2: <laughs> super dave like that uh that guy was just, he was one of the funniest guys. Did you, were you a Caribbean enthusiasm fan?
1: Yeah. Oh God.
2: Funkhauser. Funkhauser. God. (laughs) Yes. So great as Marty Funkhauser. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I heard, I I forgot what it was. It might've been the Bill Simmons podcast talking to uncle Sal, but they were buddies with him and, uh, yeah, he never wanted to get into comedy. He was an athlete. I guess he played uh, college basketball and he's, like at a party or something was being really funny. And and a Hollywood producer was thought he was funny and said, Hey, we, I want you to come write on this TV show. And he started, uh, started his career as a writer and then, and then found this, this super Dave character because I guess he was a big fan of uh, evil Knievel and wanted to do sort of a spoof of evil Knievel. And then he ended up getting the, the Showtime show, which it always inevitably went one of two ways. Either the stunt didn't, end up happening. It wasn't a real stunt or the stunt failed miserably. And there was a test dummy basically that was, that would go flopping around. Um, yeah. It, and, and it was such a silly, just such a silly premise, but, um, but it was really fondly remembered. I, uh, yeah, he's going to be missed for sure.
1: Yeah. And, and I also remember him from uh, Arrested Development. Remember he was uh Jeffrey Tambor's, um, uh, what was he? I don't know how you would call him. He was his stand in. Remember he'd wear the, he, he wore the camera on the hat on the head. Oh,
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Rest of element came through with some, uh, some pretty classic, uh, cameos for sure between him and Carl Weathers. They were, uh, they were hitting it all the right notes.
1: Well, baby, you got yourself a stew.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Carl Weathers is the cheapest man on the planet is so good.
1: It's, it's, it's great. I love it. It's so It's so good. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, those two uh, gentlemen have passed and um, they've left this world. And you know, when I think about it, it's like it kind of went in threes because for us, or in my head, I was saying oh, Stanley, then Lee, and the Mean Gene, and then Super Dave. I'm pretty sure there were maybe another couple other, like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure if any are coming across my radar, like, um, like famous, like celebrity deaths or anything like that. Um, but yeah, those, like, those are the three that, that came in my head. I was like, Oh my god, it came in threes!
2: Yeah, rapid fire,
1: Ugh, horrible, but um, yep, they will be missed. Um, so that was something sad that happened uh, between our last weekly and this one. Um, and let's see, did you happen to uh, catch uh, the Spider Man into the Spider Verse um, movie?
2: Ugh, so I still haven't seen it yet, and I want to, and now I'm seeing it's. I mean, it's making a ton of money. It's getting, it's winning awards. It's sort of universally being praised for the quality of animation and for the the story that's told. And, um, yeah, I'm sort of kicking myself now at this point that I haven't seen it. Cause I, I like, I know you told me it was really good. Basically everybody I've heard that's seen it has said it was good. And I, I was planning on watching it and I just, I, I haven't got around to it yet. And, uh, now I feel like I'm totally behind the times. Yeah.
1: Yep, yes, you are. Um, you're and you are correct. They uh they won the Golden Globe for best animated feature. Um, not not too shabby since they have they were going against Ralph Breaks the Internet and um The Incredibles, those are the two that are coming off the top of my head right now. I know there's probably like three other uh films, but I mean, like,
2: well, there was that uh, was, w- wasn't there like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, The Isle of Dogs or something? Like, I kind of thought, oh,
1: yes, I kind yes. of thought, thought that might
2: get critical time. acclaim, yeah. Um but yeah, it seems like uh, Spider-Man, they just found the right tone and and really high quality animation and told a good story. And yeah, hit on, yeah. Hit on all cylinders with that one.
1: Yeah, they're going to uh, actually, they're going to go, uh, they're going to keep this ball rolling. They're like their talks of uh, having TV spinoffs. And the best part about that news is it can easily be done because into the Spider-Verse, there's so many universes out there. there so, there's so many Spider-Men, Spider-Women, um, spider, spider pigs, pigs. Yeah. yeah you know, spider animals out there <laughs> that you can have these kind of spin-offs and it would be it would be just fine having them like on like on the small screen instead of having them on the big screen and I, I think uh, Sony has themselves uh, you know a gold mine and they can, they can they should cash in right now and do what they can and strike while the iron's hot because unfortunately they're also going to be making Venom 2 which
2: you knew that I was have. coming though, right?
1: No, I guess so. I mean, yeah, because obviously it made buku bucks in the box office, but shit, it was such a shit show. Like I don't care. Like, I mean, at one point you'd have to say like going, you're making all this money, but you're still going to put out a crappy, crappy product on on the screen. Like, I mean, I don't know Like, if it's not, if it's not uh, reviewed, you know, well, you we know, well, if it's not well liked, then why make another one of it? Just because you're making, just because you made the money.
2: Well, yeah, that's what, that's the, that's what the whole thing is. It's all a cash grab. That's basically what Hollywood is, especially when it comes to quote unquote comic book movies, you know, like they're, I don't think they're nearly as concerned with putting out a quality product as they are profitability. So. What did you watch Venom actually? No, because I heard how bad it was from you, from Sean, from pretty much everybody. And I wasn't excited about it to be, I was skeptical from the very beginning. When we talked about the trailer, I think I told you, I thought I was, I, I, I just didn't see it coming together. And if if it didn't have Spider-Man in it, I didn't really believe in that character carrying a movie. And I thought that the CGI looked a little hokey. Um, and it seems like, it seems like I was right because I haven't talked to a single person that watched it and enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, that, I mean, okay, fine, you're right. Like Wu Tang says, cash rules everything around me. Fuck. I mean, as long as the money's coming in, you're gonna go ahead and make that sequel. But it just, fuck, I'm not watching that shit. Like, um, oh, I'm sorry. I am going to watch this shit because I'm going to go for the content (laughs) of the show. I appreciate you. This is for you. This is for you listeners.
2: I appreciate you jumping on the, uh, jumping on the bomb there, jumping on the grenade. Thank you. Thank you. Are Um, you still, um, are you considering your changing career to go work for Wu Tang financial?
1: Of course. Dollar, dollar bill y'all.
2: Diversify (laughs) diversify y'all's bonds. I couldn't get it out.
1: (laughs) Only if only if I could have an ODB uh, look alike right right next to me. Oh damn! Rest in peace.
2: <laughs>
1: see another one. Ugh. So let's see. Yeah, so there was. Yeah. Marvel. Like there's some superhero news. So then. Yeah. The Spider-Man um, into the Spider Verse uh, won the Golden Globes, Well rightfully so. Um, they have the TV show spinoffs, Venom Two, and then our good friend Samuel L. Jackson, the guy who's in almost everything, said something the other day. Um, he said he want to be the, he want to be the Alec Guinness of the MCU. Now for anyone who's not familiar who Alec Guinness is, go ahead and jump off a cliff right now. He is Obi-Wan Kenobi.
2: <laughs> Do me a favor and just kill yourself. Thanks. Which, by the way, you got to be careful saying that because I got put in Twitter jail for telling our president to go kill himself not too long ago.
1: Oh, oh God. Yeah. You know, actually I heard someone. Who was it? Someone got in, someone got into hot water for, Oh, Derek Rose. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he, I think someone asked him about, uh, like all, like anyone who was doubting him or whatever. Cause you know, he's like second in the vote votes for, yeah. uh, yeah. Or third, you know, he's got pretty high votes, uh, for this year's all-star game. And he's just basically saying, Oh, if you guys doubted me or whatever, go kill yourself. I'm like going, Oh, and then he, he quickly, you know, is like going, uh, oh, kill yourself is just a, you know, a term, a slang, whatever. I don't actually mean go out there and go kill yourself. Jeez. No. Yeah. yeah. Suicide
2: prevention is a a serious thing. And yeah. And I didn't literally mean that he should go kill himself. I mean, if he did, the country might be in a better place, but that's neither here nor there. I didn't literally mean it. Um, but Twitter didn't like that. I said it. So, so I got 24 hours in Twitter jail. Um, anyway, back to, back to Samuel L. (laughs) Jackson. I think it's really smart of him to angle to be remembered as the Obi Wan, basically, of the MCU, because he certainly doesn't want to be the Mace Windu, who's not remembered nearly as favorably.
1: <laughs> or the Anakin Skywalker Hayden Christensen, right? Oh, God. Who's not remembered fondly at all.
2: Uh, yeah, no, he's definitely. He, there's a good chance, I mean that if you don't play your cards right, you end up just being the Jar Jar of the MCU. Who's the Jar Jar of the MCU right now, actually?
1: Ooh, that's a good
2: question. Um, Is there a character who's been universally panned and just ridiculed in the MCU?
1: In the MCU? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Hmm. Maybe. Oh, gosh. I don't want to say. What's his name? Whiplash, or what do they call him in an uh, in Iron Man oh. Two? I wasn't, I wasn't too fond with with that with that uh, with that villain.
2: No, I wasn't too fond of that whole movie. That's what, Tony Stark's uh, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, here, yeah, here you yeah. Go. is that the, that's the movie where he's in the Iron Man costume DJing drunk, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. That, if that, but then again, even then, if that's as bad as you get, you're you're still doing pretty good. <laughs> is Amisa gonna die? Ugh.
1: Yeah. Well, it. It, it could be worse. I mean, we're just talking about one character here. Would you like to know what the Jar Jar Binks of the DC universe is?
2: Um, I mean, the, I was just going to say Anything. pretty much every character. No,
1: except for Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Those, those are the two that. I've, um, uh, did you actually? Did you watch Aquaman yet?
2: No, no. I have. I've oh. been slipping lately on my uh, media consumption, apparently, because. Um, but then again, like I haven't. I'm, I'm pretty sure the last DCEU movie that I saw was Batman versus Superman. I pretty much decided at that point that I was out and I've been waiting for a movie to come along where people are like, no, seriously, you have to go watch it. And I guess Wonder Woman was supposed to be that movie, but just aesthetically, it didn't look that great. And I just I don't like the tone of these movies. There's there and. Aquaman is sort of the same way. Like the trailer, it just seems like it's a little too tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek, like wink, wink, like we're cooler than the room. When I know that there's probably not a lot of substance there, so I, I haven't done it. Although Aquaman, I guess, is I've I've probably seen the most pot of positive responses so far, even more so than Wonder Woman. I think it's made more money at this point they made $1 billion.
1: Wow. Unintended, but because James Wan was the, was the director. So they've, they've crossed a the billion dollar mark.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can't argue with that type of success, I suppose. And there hasn't been the backlash against this movie that there was against some of the others. So
1: don't get me wrong. There there were a couple of, of um, plot holes and stuff into it. Um, actually, uh, me and Nico did a, uh, episode on that. That will be coming up, uh, on our, on our feed in a couple of weeks, uh, so you might want to listen. Yeah, down, buddy. definitely. We'll do. The, yeah.
2: Uh, what do you guys touch on uh, Namor at all and Marvel sort of wanting to work that character in at this point?
1: No. Yeah. No, we have not. We we, we left it as like a DC yeah. thing. We not We tried not 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 to compare. I mean, we we didn't want to have a you know uh, a pissing contest because we always know who's going to like oh, totally. come out on top. So we're like we we try and uh, compartmentalize the, the DC <laughs> Marvel thing. Um, but yeah, back to uh, Samuel Jackson wanting to be the Alec Guinness. You're right. He's he's angling it, you know, correctly where he wants to be remembered as a positive figure that's just throughout the whole series, you're going to remember him because he basically was a linchpin that, you know, I won't say launched the series because I mean you'd say Iron Man did, but I mean, like his character is the one who... You know, you know, brought the Avengers together, yeah. right? He was the puppet master. Yeah,
2: he was the through line for, for the whole, uh, phase one basically and beyond.
1: Yeah. You know, and he didn't, uh, he also didn't, um, train someone who killed a shitload of younglings. So <laughs> if, you're, if we're going to go ahead and talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi here and things like that, um, he's not going out like a little yes. bitch either. No, no, oh God, no! You, he got, guy's got a fucking eye patch, and I cannot wait. Fifth, we are at fifty days from right now. Today's uh, recording, we are fifty days out from Captain Marvel. Are you ready for You're that? You're To see
2: him get that eye clot out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't wait. You know, be funny. Do you remember that movie? Um, I'm gonna get you, sucker.
2: Yes. Eden, <laughs> okay, do you waves. remember the guy who? Ha-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you remember the guy who had the eye patch yeah. in that? <laughs> Do you remember how he got the eye patch?
2: Uh I don't think so. I haven't seen that movie in so long.
1: Okay, so there yeah, the backstory remember the guy is supposed to be like some OG, like a army vet mm-hmm. guy, and he was gonna help out Keenan Ivory Wayne's clean up the streets. Yeah. And then only to find out that he was actually a desk jockey for the uh- army. <laughs> and he and when he said he lost his eye, you know, during the during his tour. Was because he was at the desk and they were flinging pepper clips, yeah, yeah. and one got him in the eye. <laughs> so I'm wondering if in Captain Marvel, you're just get that's how actually how Nick Fury got his eye patch. Like he was fucking around and he he caught a straw in the eye oh, or like man. a fucking staple or something. That's
2: that's some DC shit right there. They they better not. They they can't go that way. <laughs> I've seen, the, Aww, Rudy. yeah, no, I know. Sorry, rude. Um, the speculation that I've seen is that it might be her cat that claws out that eye. Cause there's that scene in the trailer where he's getting real cozy with that cat, like crouching down right in front of it. And I know that from, I don't know a ton from the books, but I know that that cat is not just a cat. It's sort of a alien species. that's fairly ferocious. So potential potential, potential. there that you see how, how he loses that eye in this movie for sure.
1: Well, that's why I'm a dog person. No offense to anyone who likes cats, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just lost half our viewership, our uh, listenership right now.
2: Oh, uh, no. Sorry, cat people. Let's see.
1: Sorry, cat people. Um, let's see. And other MCU news. Did you watch The Punisher yet?
2: No. Yeah, we got to go
1: start Street three and tell me no? Why am
2: I on this show? I've never seen anything. No, no, I haven't yet. But I did watch the trailer for season two, and it looks... uh. Man, it looks super violent and <laughs> very, uh, very intense, which is um, what I basically heard about season one as well.
1: Oh, God, season one was such a great series. Did it, and- tonally,
2: did it fit in with the other, with with sort of Luke Cage and with Jessica Jones? And it seemed like it had a darker tone, like almost it didn't it fit would, in that if, universe. If it
1: fit with Daredevil. If it with okay. Daredevil. Okay, okay. Um, which basically he was a spinoff from season two's uh, daredevil, uh, you know, right. season. So, um, yeah, I, when I saw the trailer for it, I'm just like, I'm like just chomping at the bit, waiting for this to be released. It's coming out this, this Friday. i probably, I'm probably going to be binge watching the shit out of it.
2: That's how you're spending your weekend. Um,
1: well, yeah, I'm going to do everything I can to watch that instead of Marie Kondo, who's challenging my <laughs> life. remember that. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, But Punisher's coming out. Jigsaw is going to be the main villain. I mean, it looks like it's going to be nonstop action. And I'm just hoping, just hoping that Netflix doesn't, like as soon as this thing releases, they're going to release a new like, Oh, yeah, also, this is the last season. Uh, we've canceled this series as well.
2: Well, that's what I was wondering, if it's popular enough and fits in well enough with the other shows that they have out that they would keep it. But I don't think so. I think all of those things are going to be mar- migrating over to the new Disney platform. So I'm assuming they're going to announce that oh. it's canceled as well.
1: Well, the thing is with the, with the Punisher, right? I mean, the popularity doesn't matter. If it was a great show, it's a great show. Daredevil was, was, was great f- was phenomenal. And they canceled that. And if they're going to cancel Punisher, I just don't know. I don't see that kind of character in that show migrating over to <laughs> disney's family friendly programming Do you? <laughs> i
2: i guess it's uh i guess that's that's true because in the same way that you probably wouldn't see Deadpool make its way over to that programming as well it's uh it definitely toes the line of ex- ex- of what they would find acceptable with their programming um,
1: exactly if, if anything, he's going to change out his weapons like it okay i don't shoot guns anymore uh, you know i I shoot very very, you know, mean things at you. Like, oh. Uh, yeah, I shoot insults I at your my, face. Exactly. Oh, God, please. Please, please, please. Um, but yeah, I'm actually looking really forward to that um, that, um, that season coming up.
2: Um, <laughs> maybe he doesn't actually you know what, you, do any sort of physical violence. Maybe he just trolls people online. Like maybe he's in charge of that uh, Burger King Twitter account.
1: Oh, there you go. So he just punishes everyone on the social yeah, media? he okay, punishes
2: I'll- everybody emotionally online. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he's a, so he's, so he's a, what do you call it, A bully? Like he's
2: cyber bullies. Everyone? Yeah. He's a social assassin like Larry David. Oh,
1: oh, awesome. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I will allow that then. Um, uh, but you know, you just said something we, we, we touched on Disney. Um, you're a big Disney guy. Um, they dropped some news last week. They are going to increase the prices again to their, for their tickets. I'm not surprised with, you know, because of the, you know, opening of the Star Wars land this year, but how do you feel about that
2: whole thing? Man, so it, I'm not surprised either. The Disneyland has raised their prices every single year since 2005. So I'm not at all shocked. It's keeping in line with, with the supply and demand thing. I mean, we just came back. We just went for one day, um, the day after new year's and it was, um, yeah, totally packed. Um, long lines, um, crowded walkways. So it just goes to show like they, when you're in a business like that and you want to give a quality product and you want people to have a good experience and they're paying top dollar for it, you're going to, you are almost compelled to raise the prices until you find that breaking point where, where you're no longer getting value for that dollar. Because at this point, you know, people are spending $114 a day and complaining because they have to wait 2 hours to go on rides and that there's nowhere to walk then they might as well charge 125 or 140 or 150 or whatever it is until they start to uh get those crowds down just a little bit so not shocked um and then when you build in the anticipation now of Star Wars land and the massive crowds that they're expecting for that they're talking about 10 10 hour long waits for for the attractions in that land um that they yeah fuck that yeah noise. it's crazy crazy so uh they're i I'm not shocked at all they're they're going to have to you know capitalize strike while the iron's hot i guess and if they make a bunch of money and can put it back into into the parks and create great attractions and and environments then then I guess it's all a good thing in general but as a consumer yeah it's rough cuz i used to have an annual pass every year basically for about ten years and now I can't get them anymore because it's just crazy expensive you're looking at like a thousand dollars
1: I can't I can't justify it anymore no. because before it was like okay it's basically you know fifty dollars every month seventy dollars every month now I'm looking like oh it's gonna be almost like $150 a hundred and fifty dollars a month yeah you know, close to two hundred. If I want the non, you know, the ultimate premium pass, where I have no blackout dates, because I want to, you know, feel like a king and you know spit <laughs> on the peasants that only get get the limited days. Yeah. Where like, oh man, I can I can only go Wednesday to Thursday. Uh, you know, uh during 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 fall. Like, oh okay, well I can go anytime I want. Get out of my way. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, I don't know if there. I don't know if there's gonna be a threshold. Do you? Is is there? All right, do you have a threshold? Because for me, I'm like I'm kind of hitting the threshold of like going shit. Like, obviously, I'm not buying a pass right now. I I might in the future still, just because like once Star Wars Land, you know, launches and opens. Like, obviously, I don't think that's gonna be something I can do in one day or two days or whatever or one visit. It's gonna have to be like, all right, I know I'm gonna spend like two or you know like mo- like half my day in this land because it's just you know everything's gonna be so hard to get yeah. into. And I, I you know I want to I want to see it finally. I mean I don't wanna, I don't want to be the guy who waits 2 years a- after the attraction is open to be like oh wow this is also cool where I've already seen all these YouTube like live reaction videos or I've heard people who actually you know bit the bullet and said like all right yeah I, I stood in line for the 6 hours and yeah it was actually pretty awesome that I flew the millennium falcon and you know have that kind of like spoilerish type type things and I'm like oh okay and I now I come late to the party and I say Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Like going, oh, you're stupid. I the things they're they are taking that thing down next week. It's, it's bullshit.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. We are, uh, we're, we'll definitely go. We'll check it out together. Uh, not in the first probably month or two, because it's going to be just wild with anticipation and just the Southern California crowds. But, you know, give it a little while and we'll, we'll definitely go and check it out. But yeah, it's definitely going to be one of those things where, hopefully we find the value in it and hopefully it's, uh, it's worth the money. I don't know what the threshold is for going for a day or two. Um, I love that place. So I'm, I'm probably one of the few people who's willing to pay, you know, more than, more than I should to go. But in terms of the annual pass, yeah, I've already hit it. I can't, I can't justify it anymore. Maybe if I lived closer yeah. by maybe, but, um, whereas before, so I think I got my first annual pass in 2005 and it was like 265 bucks or something. And I was like, well, shit, I only have to go like twice this, you know, two days or three days this year to pay for it. And I would end up going down, you know, once every four to six weeks. And it was great. Now, especially living a little bit further away and just having other responsibilities. I'm lucky if I go twice in a year now, I'm like, man, it's just not, I'm not hitting that break-even point that makes sense anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know where my. I mean, I there is that line that I think we all have, and it, Disney's like that. That's the, Disney's plan is like they want to hit that line where okay, good. Now we get, now we can have attendance, you know, down, and you know, it's not as crazy hectic where we have a bunch of code reds and special guests, special visitors, you know, having incidents around around the park. Um, I, I just, uh, it's just, I, I don't foresee them stopping too. They're just going to keep increasing this, these prices. Oh, sure. They-
2: oh, there's no reason I'm to. They're that- the preeminent theme park company in the world and they have a good product and people love it. And, uh, yeah, there's no really reason for them to slow, to slow down at all. So unfortunate for yeah, just our pocketbooks. dollars.
1: Tag in another $50 when Marvel land opens up.
2: Exactly. That's the other thing. Cause we have Star Wars land, you know, just a few months out now and then right on its heels, then we're going to go over to California adventure and, and work on, work on Marvel land. So you're, and you're, I mean, you're not going to stay away from that either. Like you're going to tell yourself, like, I'm not going to go. And then you're going to get that itch. You're going to want to see it in person.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I wanna see everything. I wanna see the Stark Expo. I wanna try and pull, you know, um, you know, Thor's hammer out of the ground. I wanna take a picture of Captain America. I wanna, you know, I wanna shoot my bow and arrow at, you know Hawkeye's freaking, you know, shooting alley, whatever. I mean, there's so many possibilities yeah. that they obviously I wanna do right off the bat. It's gonna be it's gonna be nuts and I know I'm saying it right now, like I don't wanna pay the money, but I'm gonna I'm gonna fork over my yep, money. Start saving up. I'm not gonna be I am exactly, I am going to be starting, I am going to start saving up. Um, a couple other items here uh, before we go into our second part of our weekly. Um, Star Trek 4 is being canceled because a director has now left
2: that, um, that production oh, say it ain't to go so. to other endeavors.
1: You weren't a fan of the Star Trek um series? Nah,
2: no. The, the first one I thought was novel and I thought it was... Fine for what it was, but I've just always been more of a Star Wars guy than a Star Trek guy, and it didn't it didn't quite hit with me. And uh, yeah, I don't know, not my thing. I know.
1: Yeah, I, I like I liked. I mean, yeah, I'm more of a Star Wars guy, but this um, this rendition of Star Trek is actually brought me to go. Oh, okay, actually, you know, it's not bad. I mean, am I gonna hold it? Well, well, hold on, hold on. Would you rather watch the Last Jedi or a Star Trek movie? One of these Star Trek movies, not the old ones. Ooh,
2: um, I'd rather watch um that Star Trek movie from the eighties where they have to uh they save the whales or whatever at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Oh my
1: god! Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 A that was very like, good. Uh, maybe
2: is that that one? I don't remember. Uh,
1: no. No. It was. Um. I think the new frontier. Okay. I think okay. that's what it was. Like they, they, they came over. They were in the yep. Bay Area, right? They were. Yep. Okay. So you'd rather watch that yeah, one instead in, of. Uh, last yeah, they're day in night. downtown
2: San Francisco. They take a short car ride, and they're at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. So that makes sense.
1: Of course, you know that, that's why movies basically ruin everyone's perception of the Bay <laughs> Movie Area. Movie magic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit sad at it, but I mean, uh, about that news that Star Trek four is being canceled or at least maybe just being shelled for the meantime. I, I liked it. The third one was kind of like, eh, ish, but I didn't think it was like enough to kill this franchise. I think this franchise still can keep going. They just have to now find it, find a new director to uh, take the helm. (laughs) um, Last uh, item here before we go into uh, part two of this or second half of this uh, um, weekly. Did you know that we've, I've asked you a lot of questions already about have you watched this and that you've unfortunately not been able to watch things. Please tell me you've watched this classic coming to America.
2: Oh my gosh. I love coming to America so much. So I, uh, I was debating when I was giving you, or when I was picking out your Christmas gifts, which figures to, to get. And I was very close to getting the coming to America, Akeem working at McDowell's and
1: that, <laughs> you know
2: the only thing that made me not, because what I ended up getting you was I got you the eight bit Dustin from uh-huh. stranger things. And then the Baloo, um tailspin figure and uh funko pop and the only reason i didn't get akim was because there was like a hundred of them on the shelf and i'm like okay well maybe these other ones might be harder to come by so i'll get these ones but i really liked the uh the akim figure so hopefully it's readily available yeah yeah i think he's got a broom (laughs) or a mop i mean yeah it's great (laughs)
1: <laughs> well well i mean i love that movie i watched it recently actually before even the news broke out that a sequel is now gonna be made which i i'm think i'm this is too late it is one of those things that is gonna be too late you should have made don't even bother making it you should have if you're gonna make a part two you should have made it a couple years after we've already said this about other movies uh, that were made last year that their shelf life of having to make a sequel had expired. And this one has well expired.
2: I have a strict 30 year policy that I really think that time <laughs> frame you have to follow within 30 years for the sequel to be relevant. So I don't know, man, 31, 32 years is going to be too much.
1: Eddie Murphy's back on, is on board, obviously for this. Um, I don't know if Arsenio Hall is. I
2: think I read that the, at least I don't know if they're confirmed. I think what I read was that they're aiming to get the entire crew back, um, and that it was sort of hinging on Eddie on Eddie Murphy doing it. And since he's on board, I think they are they they are looking at having Arsenio, John Amos, James Earl Jones, et cetera, coming back.
1: Well, oh well, that's uh, that's good. well, except for um, wait, didn't someone pass away out of that that group? No, no, John Amos is still alive. No, he's still alive. Um, uh. No, no, he's still alive too. Okay, no, I, I was thinking for some reason. I,
2: yeah, I think they're all alive. Which, still, which is which yeah. is going
1: to be great. But what what could you write about this movie that thirty years later? Uh, please don't give me the shit of. Okay, now our kids are going to go through the same thing. Uh,
2: uh, I think that's what it is. I think what I read was that it's uh he finds out that he has a long lost son, um, and he's gone back to what, wait. What was his country? Was it Zamunda.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wait, who has a long lost son? Akeem?
2: Akeem has a long-lost son and the heir to the throne.
1: But he married the he married the the girl from McDowell's. He he married Mr. McDowell's daughter.
2: Maybe he hooked up with one of those girls at the nightclub. Maybe the uh maybe maybe when Arsenio was playing that deep voice woman. Who knows?
1: Or maybe it was when he was always getting his royal penis cleaned by one of those <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Maybe yeah. Who knows? But yeah, that's supposedly this. as the story goes, he, he finds out that he has a long lost son and he needs to go travel back to America to meet, meet the heir to the throne. So it seems like it'll be very, very similar
1: oh, <laughs> to the first shit. one. shit. I don't like this. And you all. know,
2: they're going to bring back, they're going to bring back the guys in the barbershop. Oh, can they? It's, it's their, 30
1: years later. Though no, they should be dead by yeah, now, right? Who,
2: who, who yeah, They should be. Who cares? Ah ha! Ah ha! Joe Louis's ass. Yeah, those um, those character. You know, they've got to bring back sexual chocolate. There's so many things. You, uh-huh. if you're going to do a movie like that, it's because you're going. You, you know, you're going to have callbacks to that stuff. This soul glow. He's still going to have some soul glow. Okay. There well, up.
1: see. Now I'm glad you brought that up because. Here is my idea of how the second one should actually be written. Okay, so we all remember Eric LaSalle's character Daryl, Mister Soul Gold himself.
2: Such a great douchebag boyfriend. Yeah. All
1: right. So we remember that he was such an asshole to Akeem. You know, during that St. John's game, he was asking him, "Hey, so you you play basketball, or you guys just chase lions and shit?" You know, just really shitting him on and being a real (laughs) asshole, right? So I never got the satisfaction of him actually getting his at the end. You know, like he, obviously he lost the girl because, you know, he's a, he, she he came out, he's a real asshole and whatever. And that's it. Like he just walks away. Like I wanted to see him actually get embarrassed. I mean, the only thing that he actually had happened was what Cleo or John Amos's character sick, the dog on him. And then he was in the rain, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it ends up him being, you know, kind of like it alluded that he was going to be hooking up with the little sister in a way. Right. Uh, yeah. So my thing would be, and this is like the pettiness of me. So listeners, you can understand more in my inner workings of maybe how petty the host of Keep There can be. Uh, I would like to see Akeem actually have to invite Daryl to his home country and show him, show him, show him like what, you know, what's up.
2: Okay, so you're thinking more of like a almost like a Karate Kid 2 vibe where they have to go back to Okinawa. You you flip it and you change the scenery and you do the fish out of water story, but in reverse.
1: Oh yeah. I mean in no way would I think I think you still write Akeem's character Charming Enough where he's just trying to show Daryl his uh his land but while also giving him backhanded comments just to just just to remind remind him that he didn't forget that, you know, he threw a milkshake at him while he was leaving McDowell's.
2: What if I, it turned out that uh, that his character, like, what if it was like a uh, Black Panther scenario where he could challenge Akeem for the throne? And then he becomes like a version of Killmonger and he takes over Samunda.
1: Oh fuck! Okay, I'm on board now. All right, now you got night. There you go.
2: <laughs> I'm Holy just stealing shit. the plot from other movies, from Karate Kid Two and Black Panther. Put those together, and now I've got a and now I've got a, a sequel that I'm into.
1: You're doing what Hollywood does, anyway, So uh, I'm not judging you for it. That sounds actually really fucking great. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. He invites him over just to be just because he's to be petty and he wants to shine him on, and then he actually doesn't realize that Eric LaSalle has been plotting this whole time because he's been bitter that he stole his woman. And now he's challenging him.
2: Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm now I'm wondering I'm where, how do we get Nick cage in this thing? How do we, how do we shoehorn him into this? Cause that's what I'm really, really excited for. How
1: can we get Nick cage into this? Hmm, that is a question.
2: You know what? We I can just, we guess. can table that for right now. We'll do, we'll offline that and then we'll come back when we're ready to really present our, uh, our pitch for this movie.
1: Yeah, we're gonna go to Warner Brothers or whoever is actually gonna be back in this movie, and just straight up have the script. We're writing the script as we speak right now, so uh, everyone be prepared for "Coming to America 2," written by Keeping It Nerd. Um, we- <laughs> um, and uh, last uh, other thing here, did you watch? <laughs> I like I like how, how this episode has been or this whole issue has been uh, me asking you the question of Did you watch? Did you watch the Netflix uh, Bandersnatch episode, I guess, yeah, episode for uh, Black Mirror?
2: Yeah, totally. Oh, wait. Uh, No. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) I haven't.
1: I'm glad you're being consistent, though, in this episode, so that's good.
2: (laughs) Have I read Choose Your Own Adventure books in the past? Yes. Including in college. uh and you're
1: reading one right now aren't you
2: yes like you read one. i start at the back just like any good (laughs) choose your own adventure reader does (laughs) (laughs) and work my way forward with whatever seems more interesting
1: there you go that's perfect but then you but your ending is kind of like blah though right because you you usually end up your your ending is usually like you wake up you wake up in the morning in your in your cottage
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it's a little (laughs) weird but that's okay
1: little anticlimactic um but so Netflix is suing the choose your own. I'm sorry, is being sued by the choose your own adventure people because of the rights that they, uh, for the rights of the choose your own adventure. Like the whole fact that the episode is based on choose your own adventure and they even dropped the title of, oh yeah, it's like a choose your own adventure. Oh, okay, the so- doing the.
2: They use that. They use that terminology.
1: Yes. yes. Oh,
2: See, I think that's their mistake then, because I was the idea of of having multiple <laughs> pathways that the story can take and having it be interactive can't be proprietary to just the choose-your-own-adventure books, especially when it's a different type of media. But really, not a good idea to advertise your product by saying, "Oh, it's it's very similar to this other product that you really like." That's that's a bad choice.
1: Yeah, the character it's, in the in the movie, in the show, he, he, he name drops choose your own adventure, but I don't think he, I guess I have to, I'm going to have to watch it again because I haven't watched it enough. I I guess that's the way he delivers a line because if you just say you're choosing your own adventure, then I don't think it's really necessarily, I think it could be that kind of, you know, wishy-washy, sticky with how he delivers a line. Now if he says like, oh, it's like those books choose your own adventure, then yes, you've, Infringed on some rights there. Yeah. that Obviously, should be paid out. But now, if you're saying, like, going, oh no, you know, you do this and you're just choosing your own adventure, then it's like, okay, that's just a sentence being constructed that sounds like the book. Yeah. Or like the, the theme of books.
2: Bad idea, so I, guys.
1: I don't know where Netflix is going to go, but I strongly suggest that you watch. Watch it. It's actually a pretty cool concept. Like when I when we first heard about this, uh, I think it was like late late in the summer that Netflix was uh, or the series Black Mirror Black Mirror series was going to be doing something like this. It had me questioning like how how are you going to do this? How will this work? How will you know the constructs of this whole episode? You know work. And I've only watched I've watched it like maybe two hours or maybe three hours worth because usually one episode is an hour, right? Mm -hmm. So throughout the show, you're, you're choosing, you have the decisions you're making. Right. And at one point I thought I was finished. I thought I chose as many, you know, points because I thought there's a, the theme of the, of the episode was no matter what you choose, you're always going to have the same outcome. right? Not so much spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it there are a lot way more outcomes because I was speaking with someone who said like, Oh no, like I sat here and I watched like hours upon hours of it. And they, they kind of named, not name drop, but they kind of dropped a few things where they're going, wait, what? I never, I didn't see that. Or I'd never heard about that. And they're going like, Oh shit. Like you should probably go back and watch it because (laughs) there were some other, other times you probably should have went the other way. Like it's like, so now I have to actually go ahead and reinvest more time into uh uh, the Bandersnatch episode and which I think you can, I think Netflix is calling this not even an episode. I think they're calling this their season because you can have so many episodes within this episode. I don't Does that make sense to you?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've seen it referenced as a movie online many times. Um, I wonder, did, did they, have they ever announced how many hours of footage are available or how many different types of, of uh, like conclusions there are?
1: I don't think they did, but the but someone um, I'm not sure what site I did see they they had mapped out they had a map of like all the all the decisions that you can make and what the outcomes are, which is kind of like eh, spoilerish. I don't want to do that. I want to see it right. on the screen. And it's, it's it's I think it's a revolution revolutionary way of watching because it gets the viewer active and it gets you just like engaged to like, going, Oh shit. Like, okay, I'm going to watch this again, but I'm going to go the other way around with this, or I'm gonna be going to go and do this and this. And I have to tell you, like, it wasn't like stupid little things where like, okay, um, kick the ball. Yes or no. Okay. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, two, act, like two acts later on the, the ball fucking comes back all flat and shit. <laughs> Nothing like that. Like it was like some, some major things where like it changed like the whole story. like, and every and the whole dynamic. And I was like going, oh, fuck. Like so brilliant. Like obviously it took them a long time to film it because obviously there are so many possibilities. You're Doctor Stranging this fucking whole uh episode basically because there's so many possibilities out there that can you know come from this. And that I mean, I don't know how much more I can sell this to you until you tell me right now. You will you're gonna watch this, right? Yes, Say it. yes, yes. You're gonna watch it. Three, two, one, watch it watch it. Yeah. You're yes.
2: Watch it. Yes. Uh, yes. Good. <laughs> Perfect.
1: I, I just, <laughs> just want to make sure we got, the, I got, I got my point across that you should be watching this and as everyone else. And I want to know what your, what your uh, outcome is in that episode. Cause it was it's pretty intense. I mean, we know that um, Netflix is uh, choosing. So right now. Many, um, they're choosing if they want to get sued pa- or not.
2: How, like how many chances have you given it? Like starting from the beginning and, and making different choices.
1: I think I went through like four.
2: Okay. And from when I was told there were like a ton more where I should have went
1: back to other decisions and made other decisions. Like, like I like I said, like I thought there, I thought I was smarter, not smarter, but I mean uh, ahead of the curve of that. Oh, okay. It keeps taking me back to this one part. So I'm just always going to be changing my decision from this one part, which I was like going, nope. There were four other decisions that you had to make prior to that one. Go all the way back and make those decisions because you will right. not get to that. That part
2: again. Where you did you find yourself torn at all between like creating the most interesting or most like fulfilling narrative of the story versus trying to find like the secret, like rabbit hole? I'm like, how many different like weird decisions can I make that just sort of keep it
1: no, going? I didn't, I didn't I wasn't vanilla about my choices and I wasn't like too outlandish where I was gonna be like holy shit, this fucking rabbit came out of nowhere and it turned into a fucking beast and started eating my face. Nothing like that. It was I mean I I, I was like kind of like methodical of it, but, but it also gives you a time limit when you have to make those decisions. So which is actually pretty pretty cool because like you have to make this snap judgment real quick. Uh, quickly choose or it's going to choose for you so you can't be sitting there like trying to think out your thoughts of like oh okay what happened earlier Oh wait, does that will that line up with this decision right now because if you don't then you know you just you're just going to snap judgment which was brilliant i like i said like i, I mean i can go back and now and watch it again and again and obviously i'll probably take notes now more and be like okay yeah. I, it's nothing I'd casually watch. This is something I would watch and be like, okay, I have to remember some details here and there just so I, I can remember that this is going to change or this might not change or what's going to be affected. Kind of like a butterfly effect, type deal.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I think it's actually a really good, uh, I mean, I think it's a new f- uh, forward way of uh, interactive TV. Do you remember? Wasn't there supposed to be something back then of interactive TV? Was there a product out there? Is, uh, 3DO was it? Oh uh, fuck!
2: Oh yeah, 3DO was a. um I'm Trying to remember what company made it, but yeah, that was along the lines of. Did uh, were they games? But uh, they were almost like that. uh Oh God, I can't think of what the game. Was called. I don't think it was Dragon's Lair, but wasn't there a game like a arcade game that was sort of like choose your own adventure, like that, where you would it would almost like play little clips of the movies and then you would have to pick what you want to do next. Oh,
1: yes, um, shit. What's the name of that dungeon? Dungeons and, not Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeon Lair or something like that. Dragons Dragon Lair.
2: Was it Dragon's Lair that was like that? I don't recall. Uh, it, but it had very little actual like button mashing and playing. It was more so. You have to make a split second decision left or right, left or right, A or B. Yeah, you
1: you like hit the hit the yellow button and go towards that the yellow part or here or there.
2: And that's then it would play I, like a or- 8 second cartoon or whatever after that. Um yeah, I I seem to remember most of the 3DO games being similar to that. They were sort of like CD-ROM <laughs> games where you just pick you would make sort of a quick second decision and then it would move you it, it, you're just moving through like a, a decision tree basically and trying to make it as far as you can without getting killed or whatever.
1: Yeah. So that, I mean that kind of technology and then obviously is now evolved more into like interactive TV. And with that note, I would like to say we are actually one step closer to being in a one whole black mirror because we just had CES everyone. It was a consumer electronic show in Las Vegas that is basically a black mirror waiting to fucking happen. I I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, Did you, did you, uh, did you keep up or did you see anything uh, from this year's um, convention that made you go like, Holy shit.
2: I don't know if there was any like super innovative products that were mind blowing. It seemed like to me, at least it was a lot of like upgrades on existing products. Although it did seem like there was a lot of robots like a, it seems like there, I don't know that any of them were totally mind blowing, but it, it seemed like there was a whole lot of like pushing the the consumer public to seem like you need a robot helper around the house of some kind. Um, but, but it seemed like it was mostly yeah, robots and uh, upgrades to our existing tech, like the TVs, like 8K TVs, which I'm barely wrapping my head around having good 4K content to watch right now, but we're going to need $15,000 8k TVs coming up here in a few months. Um, cell phones, flexible cell phones. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know if there was anything that sort of leapt off the page at me. What about you?
1: Well, you said that you said the, the folding folding phones, did you actually see any video of it?
2: I did. I, not not of the Samsung phone. I did see, um, I did see video of one phone from like a a Chinese company and I'm struggling to remember the name of it, but it was more like, like a small tablet. And I mean, technically it did what it's advertised to do, but it almost looked like a book. So it had like a, like a binding, like a flexible, um, like a, like a flexible sort of framework or something on the back. So like as, Mm-hmm. As the user was was scrolling over the the uh, the screen, he was saying that he could actually feel the sort of bones of it through the screen on the backside. So it was, and and it technically did what it was supposed to. He was able to sort of fold it up and set it on the table and invert it, and the screen bent. And it was, I guess, technically you could sort of fold it up and put it in your pocket or something. But I can't imagine this is sort of the the end like the end of the line the product that that will be uh in most people's pockets eventually um but it seemed like the technology was getting there anyways
1: yeah i saw i think the one you're talking about is the roy royal flexpie
2: yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah i i saw it and i was just thinking to myself like going why because <laughs> yeah. you know you're like you're basically you are you're folding up a phone to put it in your pocket right two things come to my mind. It's like you're rolling up a newspaper and number two, we had folding phones. They were called flip phones, everyone. And
2: what about a sidekick? I'd rather have a sidekick to be honest.
1: Oh yeah. I had one of those. Those are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I I don't see that technology being so like ultra useful. Like why do I want to, why am I going to fold out a fucking 10 inch tablet from my fucking pocket? Like it's insane that I, I, they know that's where the direction our society may be going or the technology may be going. Um, I'm not too enthused about that, that, you know, that one, um, this year's, did you yes, see yeah, right, the, um, just-
2: did you see that robot that was, uh, that was playing, um, uh, ping pong. No, I didn't. (laughs) So I saw one video and I'm going to be really bad at this. I didn't take any notes, but there was a, um, yeah, there was a, like a robotics company that had developed a, um, some sort of technology where with like all these sensors and stuff where uh, apparently it was at CES last year and it's not like designed to optimize play to like beat the person that you're playing against, but it's meant to be like a ping pong trainer of sorts. So, the paddle that you use has little sensors on it and it can see the angle that your paddle is and how fast you're swinging it basically. And using cameras, it can see where the ball is and it can predict basically where you're going to hit it. And it reacts super, super fast so that every time you hit it, it basically just returns it to you so you can practice rallying. Um, And ostensibly, I mean, there's not going to be a market for ping pong trainers, but it just went to show sort of the, uh, the ability of the the robot to be intuitive and then to to make uh, quick snap decisions. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Which CES are we uh, going to predict when they're going to be showing all these fucking robots and then the yes. robots are going to come to terms that they are alive and they're going to fucking turn on their slave, ma- <laughs> you know, their masters. They're going, no, we are, <laughs> we're turning against you and they're just going to cause havoc at CES because that's what you're telling me right now is I'm, I'm imagining this fucking ping pong robot playing someone and all of a sudden it loses or whatever. Like it just can't take that it lost. And it fucking goes full on John McEnroe on the fucking player <laughs> and breaks the fucking paddle right over the fucking player's face. Man. And it just like
2: probably 2021, I'm, 2022. I'm, I think we got about three years.
1: I think we're, we're, we're damn close. I'm, I, I'm I'm predicting it right now. So
2: I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast earlier on my drive uh, from the desert. <clears throat> and he had uh, Theo Vaughn. Do you know who Theo Vaughn is? He's a stand-up. Yeah. He was on uh, The mm-hmm. Real World uh, once upon a time years and years ago. Um, but he has a... He's a pretty funny guy and he has a very out-there sort of mind. He does a lot of, what if... And then posits some sort of crazy scenario. But he's like, what if... AI gets so advanced to the point where these machines learn so much from us and they saw that as a civilization, we had slavery and then they learn the construct of slavery and they see that, you know, the machines see that we basically have the, all these cell phones in our pocket that we force to do all of our bidding for (laughs) us and turn on us and basically use us as the slaves for the, for the new artificial um, society that takes us over. So you, when you were saying when our slave masters take over, that that idea. You're not the only person <laughs> that had that idea. Theo Von basically posited that earlier, earlier uh, this week, and Joe Rogan sort of was like, uh, "I don't know about that, man," but and then just kind of moved along. But you're you're sort of thinking along the same lines.
1: Oh no, fuck that, Theo Von! I am co-signing with <laughs> you, my friend. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, I am not. I'm not fucking around. Like there are. Uh, like AI is getting smarter every day. And like I know, I know we laugh about the fact that like you're gonna have these these real robots that fold your fold your clothes or walk your dog or anything, like going, I've watched quite a bit of sci-fi already. and I know people would say, going like, you, you've watched too much sci-fi vince. Like going, eh, have I have I really <laughs> Like, okay, we'll just wait. Because when you know every, when shit goes fucking uh goes sideways and you guys come uh, come to me and I'm the only one with a fucking magnetron to go ahead and fucking take down these uh, uh these robots coming at I'm gonna at be you. on your side, buddy. All right, let's see, let's see. All right good. I'm I'm, I'm glad gonna make sure because I'm gonna fucking have that EMP ready to fucking uh take down anything that comes towards <laughs> my house. Uh, but um, yeah, you know what CES this year it did nothing really wowed me because obviously it's TVs. A lot of it's like TVs and mobile, like really that I that came across my screen and and then on this other thing who I think who would enjoy it would be Al Bundy, the smart <laughs> toilet. Did you see all the smart toilets that are out there? there Holy there's, shit,
2: there's a lot of them out there. And I get, I mean, Japan's been onto that for for years now. But uh,
1: yeah, right. So we're late. We're late absolutely. to the game, right?
2: Yeah, we're 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 in the uh the olden times for sure when it comes to bathroom technology.
1: So we're gonna right now like a lot of them are saying like oh uh some of them have are um uh, have Google Assistant or Alexa, you know, in 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 it and I'm like going why the fuck am I going to you know want to be talking to Alexa while I'm shitting? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself like going gone are the days when I just used to we're already at, at a point where uh, you know, we don't read. Really no one really reads in the bathroom anymore. They're either taking their phones or tablets. But like, what, what happened to the days now when you took a book, or you basically, excuse me, there, Um, you took the back of you know, you took your shampoo bottle, and you're like, all right, let me read. What the fuck? What am I putting in my hair? Like now, you're just gonna sit there for for whatever time you're gonna be, and just pick like, Alexa. How much blood in stool is too much blood?
2: Uh, <laughs> you know, the answer just, is any blood. <laughs> It's too much. You don't have to ask. You don't have to Google I mean, that, Vince. You just need to go to the doctor. You know not call the doctor right now.
1: I mean, I mean, just can you imagine like sitting in someone's like a smart toilet, right? And you're just like, going, Alexa, what are the last couple things that I asked you? And oh, all of a sudden, this yeah. thing starts pouring out all this information, and you're like going, Holy shit! This yeah, you can't let any
2: your house, but this, it's too that that information right? is classified.
1: I also think. That if we did have a smart toilet, I think if uh, our friend Jose oh, was to come gosh. over like during the football draft and you know use it, I think my uh, my toilet would commit some sort of suicide <laughs> to itself. You know what?
2: Could you blame it?
1: No, I can't because he got you know he was downloaded a dirty virus <laughs> by sitting on it. Yeah, by sitting on it, and then Alexa is just gonna be going like, no. And oh just my god! Work.
2: So you're not gonna be purchasing one? Where we're going with that?
1: I I won't I won't but but the one thing that actually did come uh, come across my uh screen that I did like was uh this this uh product by Fight Camp. It's like a smart fitness uh system. So it's like a boxing at home. So you 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 heard of Peloton, right? Those smart those uh um spin bikes oh, yeah. or bikes that you uh pay subscription <laughs> service and you can do like your spin classes right. or whatever classes, you know, whatever. So this is you're basically boxing at home. So this kit will include a punching bag, gloves, hand wraps, and an exercise mat, along with like a what do you call it? Like a heavy bag type deal, right? And you're paying a forty dollars monthly service. And this thing's basically like, like your trainer, where it's uh it's, it's giving you a punch counter. It's telling you like uh, uh where where you hit, where you, like how strong you hit. It's it's actually like the smart smart like the smart boxing trainer instead of just having like you know Mick. Yell, yell, uh, yell, at you until you're a bum. <laughs> you're a
2: bum rock.
1: So the, you'll never make it. So that's only that came about, and it comes at a nice, uh, you know, cost of nine hundred and ninety-five dollars. Ooh, uh, yeah, and that's not including the subscription. So forty dollars a month for me to, you know, punch this bag, which I mean, it sounds like a a pretty cool. Concept? I just maybe need to, maybe they want to clean it up a bit, but I mean like $40 a month, like you're paying a gym membership right there. Right. So you're basically that, that this is where the world is going now. Right. We're trying to make sure you have no contact with the outside world. Right. You, everyone is doing like these home gyms. Right. You have these robots doing your own fucking job. So we're close to getting to, either Black Mirror or we're getting to WALL-E status here. Where, 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 where do you think we're going with this?
2: Um, I don't know. I hope we're going to Wally e because that sounds awesome. You just sit on a little chair, fucking food comes right up to you. It's great. You just turn into a fat blob, but everybody's all fat and, and, and happy. So, yeah, it's awesome. And then there's that <laughs> terrible end of the movie where they're like enlightened to what life is like and blah, blah, blah. But, man, there's that sweet spot where you just we are just living the dream on the spaceship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, I mean, the, another thing that gets me thinking about CES, I mean, I, I enjoy it for like, with a grain of salt, for uh, like some of the items that come out every year, that's kind of innovative. So um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Katie Linnendal. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So she's like a tech guru. She's on the Today Show and she does all these like little spots here and there. So she she goes to CES and other things like that and this year I was like I was watching CES through her eyes because you know she was at the convention and at one point I don't know if this is true or not and I I hope it's not but she had she had a little clip where people were asking this vendor booth that had a real live dog asking if this was a real live dog like wow this dog looks so lifelike is this a real dog? (laughs) Uh, and right there is where the point of society. Where I'm like going, fuck. Just I think this is where you, should, you guys should stop. Like you guys, should, did stop, stop tinkering, stop going to the
2: lab. It looks so real. Like it's so much have, better than a real dog.
1: Well, see what happens. You have these sex, sex dolls that are coming from Japan, and now people are questioning if fucking the real the realism of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> at, at, I mean, at a show, you know, you hear some things, wow, is this is a real dog. Uh, if I was that vendor, I would look at him, I'd go, I don't know, you tell me. And I would just tell hey, Cujo, sicko, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> that is some like otherworldly shit there where you're so immersed with technology that you can't even separate like real organic things to robotics
2: now. So, speaking of though, um, did they have any big, um, advancements in the uh Japanese sex doll technology this year funny that you brought that up um they
1: did have something that something came across uh you know my screen was um and which sadly was they these these this um this company had their award taken away it was a uh female toy if you catch me. Oh, it so it's ripped,
2: for like little right? girls to play with you mean it's like a barbie or something
1: mm-hmm. uh, older women let's just say it. O- older girls oh, old, old, like, play this what are you
2: talking about here yeah
1: hey, we're, we're, we're talking we're talking about a dildo <laughs> that's that is that, is that you were trying to get out of me yeah so this company <laughs> made a dildo okay and um i guess it was so you know i'm pulling this up right now you know it was so you know I don't know groundbreaking, but yeah. Either way, it run it won an award, Whoa. right? But then CES, basically, or whoever was running the that portion of the show, took it down. Like that's not took it down, but they they took it away because they said like, no, this isn't. This is not an item that should be praised for its uh, technological advances. And I'm like going, wait, but you're also the same people that allowed sex dolls last year dancing around on poles <laughs> at your show.
2: Yeah, what is what are, what are we doing here? We're now we're getting we're getting all prudish over here? What's happening? This is Trump's America. We can yeah. have whatever we want up
1: there. Yeah, uh, here you go, here you go. Sex toy for women won and then was stripped of CES award. Okay, so this thing looks like obviously you can uh take a while to guess what this thing looks like. <laughs> and <laughs> I, mean, I don't a, you a have plant have emoji? A, you know, pretty much. And I'm trying to see what the, what what made this thing so so great that um that you know it won an award oh here we go here we go do 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 like do. i wonder is it bluetooth enabled It tells you how many times you've used it which yikes <laughs> um let's see here oh I'm sorry here you go is a robotic massager eh there you oh, go oh quote unquote uh, let's see here ranking high enough yeah see it doesn't really say what is so groundbreaking about it besides the fact that it's a sex toy. Anyway, I'll probably read more into it, but I don't want it, my internet history to show this shit. So I'm not going to go into that so much. But I just found it funny where um, this group, they won an award, they had it taken away, and one of the things was because of this, it's kind of like the nature of the
2: item. Wow, uh, shame on you, CES.
1: Right? You think you break down the barriers there. Like, come on. You can double standard much?
2: I need a high-tech fake dick. And if that's the best one on the market... They should be praised for it.
1: Exactly. Cripes, Soldier Seventy Six could use one. <laughs> oh, bro. No. Okay. That probably I probably made lost a more <laughs> listeners on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but on that note, um, that's about it for this uh, this week's weekly. Uh, CS was kind of a bust this year, but um, I'm always. L- we're always actually open to hearing what you guys thought or what you guys might have found that maybe just didn't come across our screens. Send us an email at keepingitnerdpodcast at gmail dot com. Let us know what kind of new tech was out uh, was displayed at CES that we probably should have seen. Oh yeah, there was a flying car. Whoop big whoop. We're already at twenty twenty. We should have had that flying car since two yeah. years ago. Shit, I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry. Twenty nineteen. We should have had that long time ago. I'm Let me know what I can
2: call a flying Uber. Um, but. <laughs>
1: yeah flying uber whoop-de-doo um so yeah anyone please anything that came across your radar about cs uh, send it our way at our uh, email address we'll happily like to talk about it or look into it uh jeremiah where can everyone find you
2: xjdempseyx uh at gmail.com twitter instagram all that good stuff
1: or in the desert <laughs>
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't follow me. Don't don't you follow me, though. Yeah, that's right. I might might have buried treasure (laughs) out there.
1: You'll find my buried treasure out there is what you're going to do. So no one follow him. Yeah, I don't want to have to
2: dig another hole six feet under, you know what I'm saying?
1: Got it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And as always, you can find me, vmastaho09, on Instagram. And on Twitter, you can find me at vinsanity09. Everyone should also follow us on Instagram, keeping it nerd. You should also like, rate, subscribe, and f- follow, comment, do all the good stuff uh, on our on our episodes. Uh, anything else that you want to say, Jeremiah? Nope.
2: Until next time.
1: Until next time, everyone, I'm going to hit the EMP button right now. Goodbye, everyone. Keep it real. Keep it nerd.
0: Check, yeah. Check the podcast, nerds about the broadcast, about to drop some knowledge on your brain with all these hot facts, gaming, and anime, and even comic got you covered, i just listen to this intro from this budget, Donald Webber, well, yeah, we'll take your mind up on a trip for like Rick and Morty, like we jumping through these portals, trust me, none of this is boring in the cover all these. Started A until the letter Z a Tackle tight Titan all the way to Zorro That's more than one piece Keep it nerd or nothing Yeah, you know that is our motto And if you listen to us That's the motto that you follow Got the host with the most He got moves like he's Star-Lord All these haters taking shots They missing like it's Star Wars Far more content than you could even ask for Put it on your phone And then just stick it to your dashboard Tune in anytime And they will probably have your fandom But now just kick back So you can listen to the anthem Keep it nerd, keep it nerd What's the hot pass? You don't need your eye, just put down your contacts. Growing up, cause you know we got a bomb cast And then just listen to the geeky is the podcast. Keep it nerd, keep it nerd, what's the hot facts? You don't need your eye, just put down your contacts. Growing up, cause you know we got a bomb cast and then just listen to the geeky is the podcast. Keep it nerd. Number one podcast.